Welcome back, Podcast Universe, to another exciting episode of Leading Through Adversity, Unmasking Leadership. Like always, I am your host, Jesus Eddie Campa, CEO and owner of Leading Through Adversity. Today, we're lucky enough to be joined by a very good friend of mine, a gentleman that I met uh, several, several years ago, and uh, this guy is a rock star leader. He is a all-star football player for the University of Texas at El Paso. He is the assistant general uh, manager at Costco in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He is a real estate investor. He's a fitness guru. He's a proud husband, a great son, very smart individual who knows a lot about leadership, and he's going to drop down some knowledge and smack us with it. And uh, hope that you all enjoy the show as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. So here we go. Let's start the show with Brian Mackey. Yes. Hey, Brian, why don't you do us a favor and tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. Yeah. Um, so my name, like you said, my name is Brian. I'm a 35-year-old man living out here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, I currently work for Costco. That's my profession. I'm an assistant general manager there. Been there now uh, for 16 years, coming in April. Um, but married seven years, uh, beautiful wife. Uh, her name is Janelle. Uh, on the side, we try to invest in real estate and different things like that to keep the keep it interesting but uh yeah i'm excited to to tell you guys a little bit about myself and i guess drop some knowledge if if that's what you want to call it <laughs> yeah absolutely so you know you said you said almost 20 years in, in so has it been 20 years in management how many years in management well it's gonna be 16 years at costco and i want to say it's gonna be 10 years in management i got promoted really young yeah, that's an interesting story. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about how old you were when you first got promoted, and and what do you think the attributes that got you promoted were? Uh, well, the attribute that got me promoted definitely at at Costco was hard work. Um, I mean, that's I think the foundation for anything that anybody out there is trying to to move up there. I guess chain of command or or what have you is you got to be a hard worker, and that's what I did. I put in a lot of hours um, coming up my young career with Costco, so. Uh, I got promoted to, you know, different departmental levels, uh, probably like in my fourth or fifth year um, as a supervisor. And then, uh, you know, the sixth year or so as a manager. And then the seventh or eighth year, I was an assistant general manager, probably 26 years old at this time. And I I, want to say I was the youngest in the company uh, for that particular role at the time. And it was a lot of right time, right place, right movement um and you know but literally just came from putting in hours and hours and developing myself and putting myself in positions where others didn't want to be so um it's been an interesting 10 years a lot of movement like i said um i'm now in louisiana where i originally started with costco in el paso um but i've worked with costco in austin dallas and McAllen, texas houston i've been a little bit of everywhere in the Texas market now. Like I said, I'm in, in Louisiana. So is Louisiana the, the final resting place? For now, uh, the, re- the final resting place? Uh, I, don't, I don't know where I'm going to die. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just what we're going to call, call home for, for now. Um, uh, well, speak- go ahead. Well, speaking of dying, hopefully you don't, that doesn't happen anytime soon. Oh, no. But, you know, 2020 was an adventurous year for all of us. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts about 2020 now that it's over? I actually, I mean, obviously, God rest everybody's soul and, you know, family members that have, have uh, you know, lost folks in this whole pandemic and 
it's definitely been an eye-opening experience politically, um, emotionally, financially for, you know, many folks. But um, for Janelle and I, it's been an awesome year. And for Costco, it's been an awesome year. Uh, for Costco, now I'm officially an essential worker, uh, whatever that means. So now I essentially have to report to duty every single day. <laughs> um, so, but that's been good. Uh, you know, I didn't lose my job didn't have to go through any unemployment type situation. So 2020 in that regard was really awesome. And then um, on the side and some of the things that we're doing with real estate, um, it's really been, it, it's been awesome for us. So 2020 was, was a great year for, for me and my family. And uh, hopefully others can, can take the adversity that 2020 brought and, and make some, some good out of it. So what do you think the secret was on, on why some people are suffering in 2020 and, and why some of us are, are prospering? Because 2020 was a great year for me, honestly, um, business-wise and, and, and career-wise. It was, it was an opportunity that opened up a lot of doors for me and has allowed me to do exactly what I want to do now, which is basically have fun with life, you know? Uh, so what, what do you think some of the, some of the differences? Why, why have some people prospered and others, you know, have basically just kind of stayed still? Well, uh, several reasons. I think uh, being at home, um, quarantining for a lot of the individuals out, out there, they didn't really, I feel, use that time wisely to, to maybe educate themselves in different things that, um, you know, they could grow mentally or, you know, in other career avenues. Um, so they didn't use that time wisely or got stuck in a funk, you know, with, with the rest of the world. And I think that just goes to a, to a certain level of mindset. Um, I know the, you know, this isn't a political podcast, but going down the rabbit holes of, of the, the political um, specter there, it, it, it didn't, I don't think it serves anybody well when it's taking you down these rabbit holes that, you know, they just don't, they don't do well for you. You need to actually go out and create different opportunities for yourself. And all that for me starts with mindset. And that's pretty much what I've done my whole career is just remain positive and seek out different things that I know will help me mentally. And then obviously in, in the financial world and, and, and stability for my family. But I think that mindset piece is a, is a gigantic um, piece of the puzzle for my young success. And I think it holds a lot of people back where they just get stuck in a rut and they, they can't get themselves out of it. Very good point. I mean, it, it's all about mindset. You're absolutely right. And, you know, having the right mindset is the only way you deal with adversity. I mean, if, if you're not in the right mindset and adversity comes around, I mean, it, it's basically going to derail you and, and you bring up some really good points. So now, now that we're in 2021, uh, it's obvious you have a game plan. So you want to share a little bit about that game plan? What do you got planned for 2021? And how do you think things are going to look for everybody? Yeah, the, I mean, the game plan is still to, um, and we're not really talking about Costco, but just my own personal life is still to continue to push to to get more rentals. And and, and um, like I was talking to you before the show, is that, you know, heavily invested in, in real estate and I diversify in other areas too, you know, stock market, what have you. But uh, I'm still continuing with the same mindset, full court press to to try to take advantage of the certain things that I've gotten myself into. Um, and I've, and you know, we'll see what happens with uh, the political game and, and everything um, revolving that particular um, set of circumstances. Um, but I, I think now that the dust has settled and maybe folks understand 
what life will look like, you know, as far as wearing masks and the different procedures and protocols that we have to follow. It seems like it's unfortunately the new normal, but now people can, can get up and, and get after things like they should have been doing the whole time during the, uh, the initial onset of the pandemic. Uh, I tell people all the time there, there is money to be made out here in this world, especially with technology, YouTube, Google, any kind of platform that you, that you name the education from podcasts. There is, there's no way that any one of us listen to this podcast or, or what have you cannot be successful in this day and age, whether it's a pandemic happening or not. And so again, going back, back to that mindset piece, it's going to be on you to determine that path. Awesome. Absolutely. Uh, you know, there, that, that, that's true. I mean, when I started doing this, you know, when I started the podcast a year and a half ago, you know, it took off really well. And unfortunately, at that time, I was working for a government entity that uh, took a little offense to some of the things that were being said on the podcast, because podcast is about leadership. And, and it's called, you know, leading through adversity. And, and its subtitle is kind of unmasking leadership. You know, there, there's a lot of things that once we go into the leadership world, that, that a lot of us aren't told about, you know, the dark side of leadership and, and the things that you're going to have to see and go through during leadership and how lonely it is at the top. And, you know, you kind of have to have that right mindset to, to basically navigate your, your career path by yourself, basically. So, you know, would you tell us a little bit of what your definition of, of a, of a successful leader is? Yeah. Uh, from, and, and I and I went back and forth on this question. You can you can go through you know the typical things, uh, you know, no ego, great communicator, all those things. But I, I really feel it boils down to being fluid. So for me, I've I've been that hard charger, do everything myself, you know, and I've taken a backseat and let been more of the macro manager, but. I think the most successful that I've been is being fluid in my leadership style, being able to step back, lead from the front, go to the back, be a communicator, let others communicate and, 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 and allow folks to do the things that need to get done in their own creative ways. And that's, that's the time where I've actually been most successful, but people wouldn't actually consider that leading because I'm, I've done it in a roundabout way to get the job done, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. It makes perfect sense. I mean, and, and this is why I wanted to have you on, on the show, because I can see that you obviously get what leadership is all about. Leadership, you know, is a lot of people have def different definitions of leadership. Everybody's always trying to pinpoint that definition of leadership. And, and the thing is, is you hit it right on the, on the head is that leadership is fluid. It, it, it's, it's changing. It's always evolving. If you're not willing to change and evolve and put that proper mindset, you ain't going to be successful. You know, and, and the thing that has always struck a chord with me is, you know, um, especially when, when people tell you, you don't know the first thing about leadership or you don't know what leadership is yet. You look at what they've done and they've never led anything in their entire lives, but they seem to have this perfect definition of leadership which leads me in turn to just basically saying that leadership is basically a perception of the people of your team. I mean, you know, it, it, everybody has a different uh, perception of what leadership is. So it's kind of hard to nail a, a definition. Yeah, and anybody can be a leader. I mean, the, you don't actually, talking about your team, you don't actually have to have much input as that sixth or seventh man, you know, at the end of the bench, but that, that one perspective or insight that you have at a critical moment you are the leader 
you know, and the, thus there there's leadership. And so it doesn't have to be this thing where it's a continual, hey, guys, I'm the leader. Follow me. This is what we're going to do. It's it's absorbing any kind of info that you can get from your team and utilizing it in the most strategic way. And and everybody's the leader at that point. You just happen to be the leader in title, if you will. Right. So, you know, you have formal and informal leaders and leaders that have inherited power yep. and things like that. So that, that takes us right into into the very next uh, question is, you know, in your opinion, you know, are leaders born or are leaders made? I'll say it's more. Ner- so there you go. Absolutely. I, yeah. I think every, everybody has it in them, I guess. So that you, you can be born a leader, but it's going to take something or someone to get it out of you or some, uh, some circumstance. And like I said, you, you may not be a leader for, you know, 50, 60 years, quote unquote leader as, as to the eyes of the other individuals, but you say the right thing at the right time and you're a leader. And so it, it can come in, in, uh, in, in bits and bursts bursts. Um, it's just what the moment calls for, but definitely you can be taught how to, to do different things, um, be a better communicator, be more strategic, um, make fiduciary calls that, you know, would make you a more responsible leader um, in, in different circumstances. So I would I would err on the side of it's more of a you got to be you got to be kind of trained. Right. So, and, and that's kind of what we try to do here at Leading Through Adversity during our, de- our development uh, program is that. A lot of the times I do really think that, that everybody has that capability of being a leader. It just has to be nurtured. And I know when I started getting promoted up the ranks, you know, I had people just throw a clipboard and, and, and keys at me and say, here, here's a rank insignia. Now you're in charge, go lead. And it's like, uh, what would I do? Yeah, you'll figure it out. Yep. And, you know, it was kind of like, wow, there was no, no, there was no, uh, no workbook, no nothing like that. And basically the way I learned to lead was by example and by doing everything that I didn't like what my supervisors yeah. did to me at the time. So I tried to do the opposite. And, that, and honestly, the, yeah, exactly what you said, do the opposite of, of what the, the bad ones were doing. That's what, that's what motivated me to become a, a level a supervisor or a manager or higher is I, I wanted to take that person's job because I knew I could do it better than them and impact the team a lot better. Um, but yeah, same thing. You, here's your keys and go. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that's always been hard. So I just like, I think you hit it right there. Uh, it's, it's natured, you know? Um, so, you know, leaders, uh, a lot of the time, especially in my profession, you know, Anytime, uh, you know, I've been a chief of police in three different cities now, state director, and every time I was brought in, I was brought in as the outsider to, to basically change the culture of an organization because there was a lot of adversity in there. And, and when you come in at, uh, at that level, it's, it's always kind of uh, your back is against the wall because you're already coming in in an adverse manner. People don't know what to expect. They're not going to like you because you're an outsider, yada, yada, yada. So, you know, in, in, in your words, you know, what, what does adversity mean? And having been in management and leadership roles in the different areas that you've been through, how did you deal with that adversity? Uh, yeah, there was so any. I thought about this question, too. So adversity, to me, just means opportunity. Every day we're faced with adversity. I mean, whether you're going to the gym and trying to get 10 pull-ups and you can only get nine, uh, that's an adverse situation and it's going to challenge you. So if you don't rise above to get that extra pull up, you're, you're not really, you know, 
excelling in, in life. That's just a, a, you know, a silly example, but um, so for me, it's, it's an opportunity that you can either miss or, you know, you can take, take the bull by the horns and, and get after it and talking about, uh, you know, moving to different cities. It's, it's funny. One of the most adverse, um, I guess, times I had is I started in El Paso, like I said, with Costco, I was just a lonely meat cleanup guy and then, you know, moved around to Dallas and a couple of other buildings and I came back. And all of a sudden, I'm the second in command for all the folks that just a couple of years earlier, I was their peer and, and like, like lower than them. And so that was really difficult because I got promoted super young, didn't really even know what the job entailed. And then now I'm second command at a, at, a, at a business that I was just the lowly meat cleanup guy years before. So, I mean, I had corporate calls on me, uh, you know, HR type situation. So I had to learn really quickly um, how to to navigate the situation. And that definitely that adverse situation made me a lot better um, going to New Orleans. That was a, a difference, uh, I guess, a culture shock in that the uh, the employee base, uh, you know, was just different. My, my very first day I got threatened and uh got asked to to go meet somebody in the streets and uh, we'll handle it outside and uh that was an adverse situation but i never in those instances ran away from it i never you know went home and you know pouted or you know whatever i just i just figured out a way to move past it learn from them those situations and and get better and it's definitely served me well so adversity just equals opportunity Follow Betsy's Adventures at Boncho's Mom on TikTok. Follow and like Betsy's Adventures at Boncho's Mom on TikTok. Don't forget to like Betsy's Adventures on TikTok. That's awesome. I love the way you. I love the way you you said that. I mean, because that's the way I've looked at it. Uh, you know, in, in my oral boards when I've brought, been brought in and uh, before I've been hired, they ask me, you know, how, what's your definition of diversity? That's exactly what I say. Adversity is opportunity. And they always kind of look at me like I'm strange, you know, and, uh, but, but that's absolutely, I mean, that's how I've made my career is, is, is by going into these places. And, and usually, unfortunately, because I am the cleanup guy that comes in, usually when I leave, I end up leaving um, not very well liked because of a lot of the changes we, yeah. we made. Um, because, you know, sometimes when you go into places like this, it's, it's basically about cleaning, cleaning up the air, the, the thing. So, you know, in, in today's society, um, you know, we, we both grew up in different eras and different times and our parents, you know, were totally different and stuff. You know, do you think that the current applicant or, or the current subordinate has been coddled way too much and that the, the hands of leaders are, are actually being tied today and not being allowed to actually lead? And that's why we're, we're seeing, you know, so many issues in the workplace and, and um, lack of people wanting to come into the workplace and there's actually a very big shortage, for instance, in my, in my industry, there's a very big shortage of police chiefs. Nobody wants yeah. to do it anymore. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and that, so, you know, I, I only know my era uh, of, of my, uh, you know, my current work era, if you will, but I just hearing from uh, the veterans, I, you know, you, you get the talk where, you know, these kids, they, they got it so easy. They don't want to do anything. That that whole deal. Uh, you got the millennial conversation. I, I think I'm a, I'm a millennial. I'm 35. I'm, I'm pretty sure I am one. 
Um, and it, now you got the Gen Zs coming in. So everybody has a different set of values or they're raised a little differently. And so if, if they're coddled, maybe so, or, you know, it's just, a, I guess, extra precaution in handling some of these folks. But I think it's for the better in that it makes it so that you have to be a better leader, communicator, got to be more fluid. You got to be more balanced. You got to listen a lot more. You have to be able to understand where someone's coming from. And is it as far as getting the job done, does it happen probably as quickly as it used to? No, but at the end of the day, I think you're going to get a if you do it right, you get a more dedicated staff or dedicated crew if you can take the time to listen and see what their needs may be. So it may that may look like coddling, but at the end of the day, I feel like it makes the team a lot stronger because the bonds are tighter because you actually listened. Where, whereas back in the day, maybe you were just told to do something and you did it and you didn't know why, if that makes sense. True. No, that's absolutely. I mean, you always got to understand your why and why you're doing things and why, you know, why you do things to get to the mission and stuff like that. Um, and you've answered this question already, but, uh, you know, it, it, when you look back, you know, what type of leader do you consider yourself? I mean, you, you said you were fluid and I, I understand that, but how hard was it for you to, to, to develop yourself into the leader that you are today? I, I'm still working on being fluid. I mean, I get set in my ways. Some, some would say I'm too nice at times. Um, so that's that definition, uh, that I came up with, I'm still working on. I, I would say I'm a very open-minded and communicative leader. I I'll sit and I'll chat with folks. I'll, I'll listen to their perspectives. My ultimate goal is to macro manage and let folks do things on their own. And on the way there, I'm very, very communicative and, that evolution happened through just the tough times of not being communicative or just doing things my way, not listening, that whole deal. It was, I was very, uh, you know, when I got promoted, very ego, me, me, me type situation. And I had to get, you know, corrected quite a few times and evolve, adapt or, or die type situation. And uh, it started with listening and, and for me, be becoming a better communicator so that I could get my point across so I didn't have to be a jerk at times to get things done. And going back to the, the previous question, I think that's what, what's helped me is being very communicative, getting the why across and listening to folks. And now, now I hardly ever have to say anything to anybody. They, they know what I need. They know what I want. They know what I desire, what it's supposed to look like. And if I have to correct them, it's it's not so hard because I've built the different relationships with folks on my team. Awesome. So, you know, you, you, you kind of touched on this next question, which is about accountability. You know, um, it, it's very different, you know, my career path from your career path, but, you know, always have to hold people accountable. And, you know, right now, in the time that we live in, you know, law enforcement is being held to a very high account accountability rate because, for many years, you know, law enforcement has insisted on holding uh, people accountable, make sure you follow the law, yada, yada, yada. But uh, there was a time where there still is a time where law enforcement, you know, refuses to hold themselves accountable. Um, 
as a leader, you kind of already answered this. I mean, but you know, what, what do you find? You said you were, sometimes you were too nice. So why do you think that sometimes us leaders have a hard time of, of holding people accountable and we let them get away, you know, with a well, little more than the they day, should? It was because I was afraid. I was just literally, if I had to sit down and give, uh, you know, a write up, I'm not sure what you guys call it, but a write up or a sit down performance type thing where I'm actually filling out a form, I would be shaking under the table just so nervous and I, I couldn't explain it is because, you know, I just, I hadn't put in the reps. I didn't understand that actually by me doing this is I'm in a way showing love to this person that I, I see to it so much that I'm going to tell you, this is something you can work on. So it'll help you, the team, your family, your career, et cetera. But it, it, in the instance, when I was so young at it, I was, I was literally shaking um, under the table, um, delivering these messages. Um, so now I, now that's, that's how I approach everything. It's, it's not so much I'm delivering a, a sheet of paper to destroy somebody and embarrass them. Um, it's, it's a tool to assist them in their growth. And the more that you do it, I guess, at a younger, at a younger age in your in your leadership career the easier it'll be later on and um i guess the, the word accountability should just be switched with uh this is going to sound cheesy but love i'm showing you love by holding you accountable to this task that you were um, signed up to do and you didn't do it and now we got to talk about it and really these conversations are very easy now Actually, you know, I don't think that's cheesy at all. Actually, I think that, that that's 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 a pretty good way of looking at it. I mean, because you know, you're brought in to hold people accountable, you know, and that's basically what you're doing. It's like you know, it's like when you have kids. You know, I've got, I'm sure my kids here sometimes are like, oh, you know, dad's always writing us, and dad's always giving us a hard time. Well, it's not about that. It's about holding them accountable because I want them to come out and, and grow up and and be, you know, good adults and, and always do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. So they're being held accountable. So I think actually yeah, it's and, pretty good. And going back to your, to your question is, about and, I was know. too nice. Sometimes I delay in, in actually having that formal conversation. One, because I know when I sit down with someone on the other end, be, because of my title and who I am, the words that I say to them have so much more impact than just a, a regular everyday conversation. If I'm bringing a piece of paper and we're sitting down, even though, you know, at the end of the day, it's because I love them. I want, I want them to see them succeed. This is this, these are words coming from, you know, an assistant general manager or the chief of police. These, these words have, have meaning. And so that's why I, I sometimes I, I'll hesitate and I, I have to make sure that if I do interject myself in this scenario, it absolutely has to be the right moment in the right way. And then I look at it too. If I'm sitting across from somebody, you know, I guess, you know, punishing or, you know, you know, admonishing them for work not done. Is this something that I created? Is this something that I needed to do better to make sure they understood what I wanted done? So I, I, I check myself a lot in, in many different ways with the power of my words and what I'm going to say during the sit down. And did I do something wrong or miscommunicate something? And so in reality, should I be coaching myself? You know what I mean? So I, a lot of that stuff goes through my head when I'm, right. when I'm going back and forth as uh, whether to hold somebody uh, formally accountable. Well, you know, and, and, and I mean, I think your answers are right on the money and they're really good. You know, I, I can 
tell you from experience and talking to other, you know, police chiefs, you know, one of the reasons that people don't understand, you know, people are always saying that, you know, and I've, I've said it is that, you know, it's so hard to hold law enforcement accountable. But one of the reasons, you know, it, it's hard to hold law enforcement accountable is because in reality, a lot of police chiefs hands have really been tied in, in today's world. I mean, um, you know, and, and you brought up something you brought up fear. I remember my first police chief job, you know, uh, I went into a very racially motivated community, a very racially divided community. Uh, you know, I was I was the first um, minority police chief. You know, my my department was 98 percent Caucasian. I was the only Hispanic on, on the team. And, um, you know, uh, they had a very strong union. And so, you know, the first time I had to bring in the popular kid to to basically discipline you know, um, I, I did the exact same thing that you did. I just delayed it and delayed it. And I had to finally do it, brought them in, had to discipline them. You know, um, I was kind of like a duck. I was calm on the, on the top of inside and I was shaking and my yep. legs were going everywhere. Yep, yep, yep. It was crazy. But I say that because I say that because, you know, in, in our world, you know, when we do hold people accountable, then you have police unions and then you have, you know, the fact that these people may be connected to the mayor, to the city manager, and then you've always got this, this, um, uh, what do you call it? This uh, backlash that, that's going to come onto you because how dare you do this and how dare you do that? And so I, I can see that, and you know, uh, now that I've now that I've left uh, law enforcement and working in the corporate world and actually dealing with with the private industry, uh, I, I wish I had started my career in the private industry instead of uh, the public sector because we have a lot more leeway uh, in, yeah. in, uh, in the ability to hold people accountable. But uh, why do you think people have a hard time being held accountable? I mean, you know, uh, why do you think people nowadays, you know, subordinates or employees or even customers, whatever, you know, we've seen the we've seen the videos that have gone viral. You know, your customers come into your store without a mask and you've had to ban people and stuff like that. I mean, what is so hard about the accountability uh, that people have a hard time grasping? Well, nobody likes to be told that they've done something wrong. I mean, it's very very few and far between that somebody says, Hey, can you get a notebook and tell me everything that I've done wrong real quick today? And so, <laughs> I mean, I think that's just human nature. And then a lot of the times, you know, I, I think, and I go back to the previous thing where I said the delivery of the counseling notice or the write-up is so critical. So if you are sitting down with somebody and you cannot articulate to them what they did wrong and they already don't feel like being held accountable it's just going to go so wrong for you so I, I i i train a lot of folks on how to deliver the proper counseling notice or write-up so that when you go deliver it it doesn't come across as this big ordeal that i'm holding you accountable type thing um so that definitely helps but as as far as just in general people don't want to be told what to do as far as when they've done something wrong. It's very few and far between. And, and the folks that actually, you know, take that advice and, 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 you know, improve are, are way better for it. But uh, on a grand scale, I can't tell you, I wish, I wish I knew that answer uh, why people don't like to be held accountable. But uh, I, do, I tell my, my folks, my managers all the time, they, they'll say, Hey, they're not doing their job or they're not doing this. And I'm like, well, that's, that's good. Because if they did exactly what they were supposed to do, your job wouldn't exist. So go figure it out. 
So unfortunately, it's the role we've taken. It's the roles we chose. They don't do what they're supposed to do or things happen. Now that's the job you chose to go and correct it. Good answer. I like that. Yeah, okay. Are you thinking of buying or selling a home in the El Paso, Texas area? If so, contact Joy Pangawai at 915-319-1891, a licensed Texas realtor. Joy can provide you with a free consultation. Again, contact Joy Pangawa at 915-319-1891 or simply send him an email at joypangawa at sellerbuyers.com. That's joypangawa at sellersbuyers.com. Or simply give them a call. The phone is always on 915-319-1891 where customer service matters. Let Joy Pangawa find your dream home today, a licensed Texas realtor. Name, can you name three people that you think uh, that you view as uh, leaders? And, and tell mine us mine are uh, amazing. They're not amazing to maybe the folks out there, but everybody has a mom. And so my, my mom in particular is, is amazing. Uh, you know, sing, single mother, that whole deal. Um, and uh, most compassionate, caring person, that, that whole spiel. Everybody thinks their mom is the most compassionate, caring, et cetera, et cetera. But she definitely um, instilled in me the, the, the core values that, that I have today. And I'm, I'm very patient because of her. And, and I listened and, and I look at things differently because of her. So she was a, a great leader. And going back earlier, like nobody would literally think of her as a quote unquote leader, but she definitely was for me. And then I'm going to say my stepdad, because that man is the reason I've worked so hard in my life. He was a trash man. He'd, he'd go to work every day, you know, two, 3 a.m. before I obviously I'm awake and he would come home and, and he'd be working on that yard till till sundown every single day and he he is just the definition of, of hard work and everybody has that kind of person in their family but i i saw that and i emulated it um as best as i could and then uh a uh, shout out to one of my general managers his name is greg brenner he's he's just a great leader in that he he was able to connect with people and, you know i'm talking about walking down the hall saying hello to everybody taking an actual um, interest in, in, in the lives of his employees and, and asking them how, how he can help them, you know, whether, even if it's not related to work, he would talk about, you know, helping them grow financially investments and different things like that in their life to help them grow and super organized person as well. This guy was so, so, so efficient. So those are my three folks that I, that I kind of emulate. And I'll and last one, I'll I'll say Jocko Willink. I'm not sure if anybody's yeah, ever listened to the Jocko podcast. Great, great leader. Yeah, he's 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 pretty freaking awesome. I'll tell you that. Um, yeah, you know, um, when I think of, of of leaders as well, I I think of my mom the same way. Single parent, you know, uh, worked three jobs to get us. You know, and while I can't say that my mom was that nurturing, caring person which is why I think I've turned out the way I am. Cause they're, you know, uh, as a matter of fact, your wife's <laughs> always giving me a hard time about the fact that I never smile 
um, it's, it's just, you know, it's just, it's just the way I was kind of brought up and, uh, but she did give me my work ethic. And if I didn't have the work ethic that I, that I have now, uh, you know, I don't know where I would yeah. be. So I, you know, I have to give her props for that. Um, you know, the, there's, there's, like we said this earlier, there's a shortage of leaders and, you know, um, sometimes, you know, it, at least in, in the public sector, you know, a lot of the times, you know, you get promoted based off of taking a test. So if you're a great test taker, you know, you're going to get promoted up and you might not have any leadership qualities, but you're going to be a great test taker and you can move up. And, you know, we, we, we've seen that. We, we've seen that effect take, you know, take its, it, it, we've taken a beating for that, you know, and uh, in the private sector, it's, it's, it's based more on merit. You know, you, you work hard and you move up. Yeah. <laughs> and, or at least in theory, well, you know, in the public sector, we have, yeah. a, we have a saying that says, you know, you screw up, you move up, you know. Um, and, but here at the Inter Adversity, one of the things that we're doing is, is we're working with today's youth. You know, we have two courses that are dedicated to developing um, the future leaders of America. And it's funny because in one of the courses that we actually teach, we actually have to teach kids, uh, you know, the youth, uh, and I say kids because they really are, they're still in high school or, or graduating, barely, you know, getting into college as they're working with becoming a future leader. We actually have to teach them how to balance a checkbook, you yep, know, yep. Uh, because they have no idea how to do that, you know. Um, so, so we're getting into that. So uh, as, as a young leader who wants to be, who's coming into, into the leadership role, you know, what are some, it's what's not some about advice you. that you can give them? It's uh, not about you. You're going to get wherever you want to go through, you know, the, the traditional um, attributes. Definitely got to work hard like, the, like I talk about. You got to be a good communicator. You have to be humble. Um, but it's not about you. And you're not always going to get the promotion you want on the timeline that you want. But if you focus on the team and helping anybody and everybody that you can along the way like i said you may not get the promotion or the job that you want at the moment that you want it but you will get it in the time that you need to or that was meant to be and so i kind of i guess emphasize the fact that it's not about you it's about the team and the sooner folks can realize that you know if you're getting held accountable if you will it's really not about you in this instance that I'm writing you up for this thing. If we're going back to that conversation, it's about inevitably helping the team. So if, if you have that as your main focus and goal and drive, you're going to go a long, long way. Awesome. So if we can kind of revert back a little bit to that last question I asked you, any 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 thought on on something you uh, wish somebody gonna, had told I, you I about leadership before you got there? That that was my my thing. It was about me, and it was about me. And I got promoted, of course, through the extra hours, the hard work, and you know, other people were going home and I wasn't. I was trying to do all those things, those that I knew would 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 work out for me, and it it helped the team out. But at the end of the day, it really was about me and me, me, me getting that promotion. But I think if I had sprinkled a little bit of, hey, let's help the team. What can we do for the team in it? Um, I think I would have um, had a lot less adversity, if you will, along the way up the chain of command. But, but I, I learned it and uh, I understand that every single thing that I choose to do or not do, and my employees need to understand it too, that what they do or do not do affects the team long term. 
and a good team, you know, helps their family, helps their career, helps, helps everything, helps their kids. Cause this is what we're in it to do. We're in it to get paid and, and use that money to, to help create the goals and the successes in our lives for our family. So not about you. Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, um, I appreciate you taking time to, to meet with us and, and give your perspective on leadership. And, you know, this is something, like I said, you know, it'll, it's going to go on our, on our stream and we were hoping to have our studio up and ready. I mean, it's actually up and it looks really pretty. It looks really nice. The only thing is you're going to have to delegate that. Uh, so, lead somebody on. Uh, uh, yeah. 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 I gotta, I, I gotta bring somebody in and show me how to work this. And yeah. um, I, I just, Figured, I said, how hard could it be? Well, it's a lot harder than I thought. But uh, going back on one thing is uh, when oh, be back are we going to see the return of <laughs> Mac Fitness? Well, I can the, barely uh, lift my arms right Fitness. Now. What happened? I just got back into the gym. I, I CrossFit. And what Eddie's referring to is I have an Instagram. It's uh, I think it's called Be Mac Fitness, where I was just throwing videos up, challenging folks and doing different things. And uh, But like we were talking about earlier, my focus switched to real estate and I, I went heavy into real estate and, and sold all my weightlifting gear and all that stuff. So now that we've got settled with that, uh, I, I guess I'm going to have to, to throw the B-back fitness back up there and, and, and challenge Eddie to some push-ups. <laughs> well, I, I did the first oh, no. one and, and, yeah. and, and it kind of just stopped. Whole, uh, like, hey, Halloween hustle thing. So, all that stuff. It's a lot of work. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure, you know, the podcasting thing, different, oh, different yeah. uh, ideas that you have. Cause I'm sure you're an idea guy like me. It takes a lot of work. It does. You know, you, you have an idea and you, you, you see the vision and it's like, well, how exactly. hard can it be? And then once you start yeah. implementing, you're like, why did I have this vision and why am I doing this? You know, but, uh, it's 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 a lot of fun and it's, exactly it's, like you said it's not about you it's, it's it's about helping people out and we're hoping that you know through this program you know the last two years we've had some positive stuff you know the, the speaking uh that we were doing back in 2019 before the pandemic hit was awesome you know we were we were traveling around around the nation and doing different That's leadership cool. seminars and conferences and stuff like that and then unfortunately 2020 came in and kicked us in the butt but Hey, uh, you always got to find an avenue, and we seem to have found it. You know, yep. like you said, with technology nowadays, we're getting our message back out. So, Brian, again, I uh, just want to say thank you very much for taking time out of your busy schedule uh, to to be with us, and and, uh, and I'm sure our guests are going to take a lot of a lot out of it. And uh, if we get any any questions, we'll email yep. them to Brian, and we'll have him. Thanks for having and me. We'll talk about it. You on got the show. it. So, again, thanks a lot, Brian. Awesome, and then uh, hopefully once we. Once we get this uh, video thing working, we'll bring you back on so everybody can see why <laughs> Roger that. why Brian has his own fitness channel. All right, All right my man. Well, you have yourself a good day. We'll talk to you some other day. Thanks, Brian. Bye-bye.